You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSC has opened its doors for another day, so it's time for, of course, the opening with Nick Kunza from Sanlam Private Wealth. You know, Nick, I was watching a game between Fulham and Brentford, which is worth probably around about $150 million to the winner of, of, of the game because of fees from television in the English Premier League, from mm. sponsorship and all that stuff. And it was good. And I was kept on looking at the gold price because when it got, to, it was in the 1990s when we spoke yesterday with David Shapiro on the five o'clock shadow. And I thought, well, when it gets to 1999, if indeed it does, I want to take a screenshot and say, gold is partying like it's 1999. And of course, I was watching it every 15 to 20 minutes and I was looking at it, it was 1995 and then there was a goal scored in extra time in the match and suddenly I looked at it and it was 2005 and I missed the whole blooming thing. Something really extraordinary happened to gold last night. Yeah. Good morning, Lindsay. There's, there's, I mean, I mean, I love these sort of markets when you get these moves and and, and these big swings and, and there's so much going on. It is quite exciting and certainly if you're on the right side of it too and I and I hope a couple, <clears throat> a couple of people have been listening to um, your tweets you've been putting out too, because it was the right call with, and all the sort of stars were lining up for the, the reasons why you should have some exposure to gold. And then all of a sudden, the last two ta- uh, days, you know, they hit the double O number or the triple O number straight through two thousand. Um, and there's a lot I've been, I've been doing. I was up quite late last night trying to figure out something to send out to clients that do have exposure to it, and. Uh, a couple of things stand out, I mean, if you allow me just two minutes to of course. Some, some facts that came out. So first of all, um, the, the Sparta Gold Share, which is the biggest ETF in the world uh, for gold shares. It's the same as the, the S&P 500 minis is called the Spartas, but their version of that is called the, the Sparta Gold Shares. So as of yesterday, they, they basically when they released their numbers on a daily basis, they now have more gold because they take delivery of that gold. So they're one of the few, a couple of Swissies and a couple of other guys, they just trade derivatives on the side. But this is very similar to our guys, our, our, our absolute new gold ETF. When they buy gold, they go out there and they buy the same equivalent ounce of gold. So it's, it is backed by the physical metal. Yes. The Spider Gold shares, the biggest one, is also physically backed by the bullion and not derivatives like the other guys. They now own more gold this year than all the central banks combined. And that Sparta Gold Shares ETF is very much a retail-based um, uh, product as well, as well as all the hedges and stuff as well. So, so the retail clients now own more physical gold in the world than than there basically is gold in central banks' vaults. Um, and and there was a release recently where they came out and they said that the London vaults, which is held in HSBC, looks after them. They're sitting with one thousand two hundred fifty-eight tons. Monday and Tuesday alone. They added another 15 tons to that. And this is a lovely quote the FT is mm. running with. And, and I might even tweet this out, is that it's roughly t- five times as much gold in two days as Michael Caine's robbers lifted in the Italian job in the 1969 film. That's just a lovely quote. Yeah. Yes, yes, so, right. yes, it is a massive demand. And, and this gold rally is continuing. It's now through $2,000 a troy ounce for the first time ever. Um, and you can start to sort of piece together the reasons why behind it with a big demand for gold ETFs, the delivery, et cetera. So, yeah, that's my short and sweet, Lindsay, a, a brief explanation to why it's running. And, of course, you add in uh, all the sort of um, geopolitical risks and the fundamentals behind it and all the rest of it. And, uh, as we said, stars are lined up and, uh, and it's in a bit of a sweet spot at the moment. Yeah, gold is... <laughs> Sorry. Is gold $2,040 an ounce now? Is it 2040? Uh, Where is it? 
Yeah, I think someone's been called quite short too. It's uh, uh, 2036 at the moment. Okay. Now what happens, I, I, this is a great example. I spoke to a chap that I used to deal for when I was in London in the late 1980s. He's a, a Scottish fellow, Lord of the Manor, <laughs> very, very wealthy. He's 73 years old now. And um, I, 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 I keep in touch with him. You know, we, we're just old friends. And I said, how's it been going? Hopefully you're still long of gold. He says, yes, I've been long since 1250. But I won't buy, I buy the longest dated contract that I can because I don't like rolling over because it costs a lot of money. And uh, with interest rates so low, there's no contango. Oh, he went through the whole thing. He knows what he's talking about. But he, he said, here's somebody that's been long of gold since 1250. And um, let's say that the people that have either sold him the options or whatever instrument he's used, it gets to 2,000, which is obviously a really big psychological number as well as a nice round number. You've sold call options, which means that you're short of the market. Everything below 2,000, if you're an options grantor, is fine because if it expires below 2,000, the option that is, then, then, then the the options are worthless. But as soon as it starts to go through that strike price level, let's call it two thousand in this occasion, then you have to start to cover. And I would imagine there are thousands, hundreds of thousands of ounces of gold that were struck at two thousand on an option basis, and all sorts of other complicated bases as well that are, ne are needed <laughs> need to be covered and have been covered in the last twenty four hours. Yeah, that's exactly right. Look, it gets a little bit more. I mean, that's a simple version. It gets a little more complicating depending on on sort of what month it is, you know. So, yeah. so typically, like most contracts, they are in three monthly uh, cycles. So, more than likely, this is probably for delivery in September. Which, yeah, you're right. It's not that far away. It's probably six, seven weeks away. So, if this, if, if gold stays above two thousand, there's going to be some people in some big trouble. Uh, and the option sellers, the guys that's selling at the two thousand strike. Uh, they incur what, you, what they call a gamma point. So the higher this thing goes, the more that they physically have to buy back to keep themselves neutral. So it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's why it's always warned against retail clients to be very careful when you sell options. So I think there's a lot of background stuff, as you said, Lindsay, with derivatives and who's been caught on the wrong side and deliveries. And now, of course, the advent of ETFs now that actually make it quite exciting. But yeah, I mean, if, I mean, if you've held this thing and you still and you still got it, you know, I don't see any indication <clears throat> to to sell yet. If you have a couple of negative closes, then yeah, maybe it's time to take some money off the table. But you know, up another, what are we up now? Up another one over a percent again, uh, where we have gold. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's no yeah, point eight seven percent up seventeen dollars. There's no indications yet, and I think probably probably the squeeze is probably happening too because this is a very hated metal by a lot of uh, people besides the gold bugs a lot of people don't like this product at all no they don't um and uh, at their cost but i mean gold bulls are only right well once every uh, every five or six years no, or something and then no, but you, you know what Alexa, yeah. do you know what they've waited for this they've waited for this for a long time um and as i said in the intro you know all the stars are lined up so you know let them let them have their moments of glory. Yes, indeed. And it's been a moment of it's, it's been a longer moment than normal. So let, let's hope it continues. Um, it's getting a little bit too frothy, but we said that at 1950 as well. And now it's mm. nearly 2050. So goodness me, $100. Oh, gold, you know, gold's up 30% this year, Lindsay. 50% up this year. It's, it's extraordinary. And talking about gold, there's on the Stock Exchange News Service today, two companies that digs the stuff at, dig the stuff out of the ground. Uh, one is a tailings operation, DRD Gold mainly, uh, operating update for the year ended 30th of June. It's now up seven and three quarters percent on my screen. And we've also had Goldfield's trading statement for the 
first year of 2020. Incidentally, Goldfields is the only South African stock that Peter Schiff, whom, to whom I regularly speak, uh, favours. He likes Goldfields. He'll be happy because the mm. share price up nearly 9% today. Yeah, really, a really good set of numbers. And um, they're forecasting around a 300% half-year profit surge. You know, the, something like Goldfields, very leveraged. And um, what I like about Goldfields, too, <clears throat> is that it's also uh, it's got its ADRs are very active over in America as well. So a very popular gold share uh, that trades on the American markets as well, too. So you get, of course, you get that sort of much larger share base as well. And uh, not that exposed just to South Africa either. So they've got a very diversified book. So, yeah, I'd second that. I think out of all these ones, Goldfields are certainly the ones that I'd run with. And, yeah, I'm really solid set of numbers. Liberty but not Hol- to be left behind. I mean, mm. take a look at Harmonies. Harmonies as well up, uh, you know, 1.11%. And, and, yeah, the list goes on. Yeah, indeed. Uh, let's get away from the, the excitement and go back to um, stuff less exciting. Not boring, but less exciting. Financial results for the six months ended from Liberty Holding. Share price up a little bit, in line with the market, I think. Mm. Yeah, what can you say? I mean, they've been, you know, they've been trying, Standard Bank have been, you know, they're obviously the major shareholder. They've been trying to guide them for I don't know how long. Um, it just reminds me, also, when we were chatting about telecom, sort of diving from financial services into property and back to selling copper wiring, you know, Liberty is one of those ones as well. It just seems like a battle to have any sort of direction um, and difficult to understand what their game plan is. Uh, it's not one we, we have exposure to. And, and quite frankly, I know very little people that own the share. Um, just a, an official announcement. Yeah, no, do I. Uh, official announcement from Intu. I think we heard about it in July, and today yeah. see a cancellation of listing and trading of Intu ordinary shares on the JSC. Another company gone from the JSC, which is which is sad. I mean, Intu. Yeah, I mean, we know the story with property companies, but it's still it's it's still not nice to see yet another another delisting. Another delisting, and and I was when I was when I was digging around looking for some. I think Hammerson was out a few days ago. It was the biggest move, and I was just looking. You know, I got caught in a thread, which basically on it was even on Business Day, one of the local papers on the website, and they had the whole breakdown of into from the days of John Gordon when he started the business, and yes. he was a first, and we all know this. John David can tell us obviously far more exciting because he remembers all of it. Um, but it, it, it is quite an extraordinary demise, I think, that people will look back on. And and the and the general, just the article was, yes, they got caught in the perfect storm with regards to Brexit. And, of course, the online shopping. And, of course, you know, a whole lot of things that went wrong at once as the largest mall owner in the UK. But not to be put away from the fact that this management borrowed and borrowed and borrowed up to the eyeballs to the extent that they were the most – you know, when you look at property shares, you compare the sort of uh, the loan to to value of the property. They were the biggest in the world. They had the most debt out of any single property company in the world, and they were the most leveraged. Mm. And, and I guess another case of like hubris. You know, they just didn't think it was going to change. And so, as much as they they were unlucky with a lot of things, a lot of a lot of it can be right on the foot of uh, of management. But yes, another another demise for the JSC, another delisting. It's actually quite sad, really. And a lot of shareholders, which I know too, which personally have taken a big knock. So it's not a nice story at all. Impact came out with their results today. The interim results for the six months ended 30th of June. It's a small cap, a small to medium cap, I suppose, up around about half a percent. Is that mm. one you look at, or do you go again for the big boys like um, the other big packaging companies, Sappy? Um, yeah, so we so we Ampac tend to actually rather. like Mondi as one, but um, there was something else that came out as well. If I can just mention for for uh, investors out there who trade on the JSC, there was a couple of share, a couple of rights trading today. Um, they were Sun International. Yes, 
um, and Fushinis. So they're, they're rights. They're both issued rights issues um, that announced back in July. But they are both trading with their rights today. So if you've got those shares, just be a little bit careful. They might be quite volatile. Yes, good point. Okay, let's have a look at the spot prices if we can, because uh, we've spoken about uh, gold and we will continue to speak about gold. And I think it's going to be a feature for a long time. We've got a few features this year. We've got the coronavirus, we've got the US election, we've got gold and we've got the dollar. They're the, the, the main stories. And of course, the occasional explosion. What an ex- just let's just have a quick focus on that one because that was mm. one of the most extraordinary things I've ever seen in my life. I was watching this thing I... unfolded around about uh, six, seven o'clock. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw also. I mean, of course, the, the Twitter sphere went mad, and all of a sudden, our WhatsApp groups with 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 buddies and that were sending these pictures of of, of out of Beirut. But I mean, it looked it looked almost nuclear the way that that sort of mushroom, mushroom cloud. Yeah. It was. It was it was, yeah, shocking. And I mean, I mean, there's such conflicting views coming out of the news wires now. I mean, Donald Trump says it's a bomb, of course, so it must be. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, most reports out of out of Israel and if, uh, and sort of obviously uh, Lebanon as well, uh, indicating there was some ammonium nitrate uh, warehouse. And by all intents, it sounds like from the more credible. Uh, that they were doing work on the warehouse, like a tin roof almost. Mm. And they had like 200 confiscated tons, and there was a welder which ignited it. But my goodness, I mean, it looks like something out of Armageddon. They, the Prime Minister says it's 2,700 tons of ammonium nitrate that was confiscated from mm. the ship in 2014 and has just been mm. stored there. And as you say, there's someone was welding, something happened, there were fireworks in the area. And this thing me. just, it, you know, I've never been to Beirut, but I have a friend who, who lived there for a number of years. Mm. And um, it's it, it's a it's a by all, by all accounts it's an incredibly beautiful uh, city and wonderful beautiful. people, mm. but it's an, in in complete turmoil at the moment. A because of the ongoing conflict, uh, political conflict, and um, sort of sporadic uh, flare ups between um, between a, a couple of parties which need not <clears> be mentioned. Hezbollah, well, actually, I will the Israeli army and uh, Hezbollah, but. Mm. Um, it's just sad because it's it's it keeps on getting whacked every single time. It's such a lovely place. It was the playground of yeah. Europe in the nineteen, or rather, the Middle East in the nineteen sixties. Absolutely, that was their version of Monaco or Nice, where they used to call it. And I mean, the and, and up till recently as well. I mean, I've got a couple of Lebanese friends, and you know, they talk about Beirut as being a very active sort of nightlife, and um, it's quite sort of a place to go for students to to go have a bit of a party. So. Oof, but I mean, Lindsay, I mean, 2020, just put that down as another another one of this extraordinary year. Dollar Rand is 17.24. British rand bound against the Rand is 22.61 and the Euro Rand is 20.38 with the Euro Dollar 118.25. Uh, again, slightly weaker for the US Dollar, slightly stronger for the Euro. Last night in the United States, the Dow Jones was up 0.6%. S&P was up a third. NASDAQ was up a third. This morning, the Dow Jones futures up around about 0.7%. Uh, where are the S&P and Nasdaq futures this morning, Nick? Yeah, very solid. They were they were flat. I started writing a note at 6 a.m. Joburg time, and within four hours, they are comfortably higher. Uh, from being unchanged, the S&P futures are up 0.56%, 18 points. Mm-hmm. I just looked at my screens now. We are less than 3% away from the all-time high on the mm. S&P, 3318. And if you look at what gold's been doing in a few other things, I think it's only a week or two that we will push through that number. Uh, Dow Jones also, their future's also up, trading it currently up as well, 0.4%, and NASDAQ up 06 uh, Just in general, quite a strong feeling. And while we've been on the on the line, uh, been a couple of PMI numbers coming across from Germany and France, 
which looked like a beat as well. So that's just adding to this momentum. And I must tell you, coming from a very, very low base, uh, the numbers that have been coming through, you could certainly, and we said with David last night, you can argue the sort of uh, the bullish case to it. I mean, they're looking German PMR, which is the big one. Um, I mean, that came in at 55.6. Mark was looking for 55. And the flash PMR also a little bit better. So, um, you know, still comfortably above that 50 of that very low base. I mean, in April, don't forget. I mean, that's Europe's largest economy, Germany. In April, that index was at 16. Yes. So we're back in the mid-50s. So once again, a little bit of positive flow and flowing through to the indices. In the Far East this morning, Tokyo down a quarter of a percent. Shanghai uh, up very slightly. Hang Seng up just over 1%. Yeah. And the All Share in Sydney, Australia, down half a percent. And on to the gold price, 2036. <laughs> Dear, can you believe it? $2,036 an ounce is the gold price. Um, the platinum price is also doing quite well, but not quite as well. It's up $10 to 952 And where's Palladium, please, Nick? Also, sharing, sharing in the enthusiasm, up one and a quarter percent, $2,166 an ounce. Does it all feel a little bit spiky? Does it all feel a little bit unreal to you? Or is it so? Is, do we just, uh, as you say, trade what you see on the screen? This is such a difficult one because I I tend not to want to try to pick a top or on their or pick a bottom in markets, you know, and, and and when everything is green on your screen, you are literally trying to guess what is going to happen. When in quite well, quite frankly, it is running, but I, I think we're getting near. It's starting to look a little bit frothy now, a little mm. bit frothy. But but the, the one big one, and we didn't even mention it once on the show today, is the US dollar. You know the U.S. dollar continuing to slide, mm-hmm. and and that is for me. Yes, we're seeing the knock-on effect of the gold price and other metal prices, and even oil, which was down this morning, is back up again. But the driving force to this is the dollar, and I think there's a lot of a lot of things like like you know the, the stars are lined up for a strong gold price. I think the stars are lining up for a weak dollar where you talk about their economy, their market's expensive. The S&P is now much more expensive than the Eurozone for a price-to-earnings ratio. We've got um, their COVID cases. You know, there's a whole lot of things on the other side where you could argue that the dollar is going to remain weak. And as long as the dollar remains weaker, these commodities are going to carry on going. But I would certainly – I would certainly urge a little bit of caution because it is on momentum indicators they are looking very overbought. I'm just sending an email as you are talking to Jane Foley from Rabobank, who's an excellent uh, forex mm, analyst. She's great. She's really, yeah. really good. And I'm going to ask her if I can oh, interview FX, her later. Huh? Yeah, yeah, FX. Yeah, head of FX at uh, Rabobank in London, Dutch Bank, of course. Okay, let's have a look at the uh, the big movers this morning. Oh, uh, sorry, the crude oil price is the one that I've left out. Uh, crude is up about two thirds of a percent across the board. Forty one ninety six for West Texas and forty four seventy two for Brent crude. Okay, and don't forget they were fifteen dollars at one stage, or WTI yeah. was fifteen dollars a barrel at one stage. Yes, I read this. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. I read the story on Bloomberg, but I don't have a Bloomberg on a Reuters, so like you, you got to like pay a fortune to get access to the story. But um, I've got a general gist of it. They interviewed a, a couple of traders out of out of London who trade above an old pub called All Bar One yeah. outside of Liverpool Street, and uh, they're called Vega or something. They're literally like we used to call them arcades. Mm. That you, you'd rent a desk for, you know, a thousand quid a month, and that got you access to a screen and to share the clearing services and stuff. Um, anyway, it turns out they've done a bit of digging at the, the, the team at Bloomberg <laughs> Investigators, 
And they basically called the, the sell-off of oil all the way down to negative 40, whatever it settled at back on that day three months ago. Yes. And between a group of about six of them made 500 million squid. 500 million. Good Lord. In Liverpool, and, uh, in Liverpool Street Station, goodness me. Sitting above a pub in a station. And um, the story is quite one of these wonderful stories we'll talk about for years, those ones who did were on the right side of, of this crazy year that we've had. And how, um, of course, they've gone underground now because, because there's a certain – you've got to be very careful on the day of settlement of how you settle the price. And it gets settled at, I think, midday. Mm. And they were there's – a, there's, a, there's a derivative contract attached to it that you can promise delivery at a certain price. It gets so complicated. I'm, I'm usually quite good at this. It took me an hour to figure it out. Anyway, cut long story short, the guys had shared half a billion between them, and they've gone underground. They're not giving interviews and by all intents and purposes. I think the one sent a WhatsApp message that he's, in, he, he's basically uh, – he, he's not coming back. He's traveling. But thanks for the call. <laughs> would you? Obviously. Would you go back to work? I certainly wouldn't. No, I would be running straight out the door. Anyway, that's enough. Nice, I'll see if I can get some more information like a story. I'll send it to you. Jolly good. Okay, uh, major movers today. Car track is up eighteen percent. What is that? Is it delisting? Has it been taken out? Um, what, what's what's going with car no, track? It was it was up ten percent. Now it's come back a bit. Yeah. Uh, no, that was that was like top of the leaderboard yesterday as well. It's quite a. This is quite an interesting. Um, SA success story. They've just passed over, I think, a million users in the US in the USA, mm. like a million subscribers when they've just sort of gone across the pond. Um, I mean, the stock's up thirty, almost thirty percent yesterday. It's been mm. a very big success story. We don't really look at it, um, and its market cap is also looking quite interesting, eight and a half billion. So, uh, yeah, they did come out with um, what have we got here? We have got news saying that they see quarterly revenue rising fourteen percent to five hundred thirty-five million rand. They were out with announcements uh, yesterday. So it's a follow-on from yesterday. Gosh, big move. Uh, Harmony up nine and a mm. quarter percent. Goldfields up eight and a half percent. DOD Gold up eight and a quarter. Impala Platinum uh, back to its recent highs nearly. I mean, it was 170, then went down to 55 mm. or something. Now back at nearly 170, up 6.9 percent. On the downside, RCL Foods down five and two thirds. Uh, Textainer down three and three quarters. Telcom down 2.9 percent. Don't like that one again, I must say. And Vodacom down 1.9 percent. What are the indices after an hour and four minutes of trading, please, Nick? <coughs> Well, it is a great day on the bourse. I think, Lindsay, correct me if I'm wrong, this is day three, three days in a row. So we are okay. currently all share up almost 2%, 1,098 points higher. We know what that is, all the gold shares. Giddy up. 57,347, the number. Top 40 is also just broken through 1,000, 1,024 points higher, at uh, also 1.98%, up 52,986, 15 points away from 53,000. Mm. Um, ah, Stop the press. Do you know what? We're actually up here to date now on all share, 0.4% after today's move. Could you believe it? The 2020 year. After what we've been through, we've just gone positive. Ring the bell. Well, in fact, um, in fact if you, you could say this, if you'd gone away on January the 1st and come back today mm. and you'd listen to the January the 1st or January the 2nd uh, opening and listen to this one, you would have said, okay, so the market's gone flat for a year, for six months. Yeah, it's been quiet. 
It's been a bit of a snooze fest. Exactly. Anyway, basic materials, we know what those are. Up 3% that index. Technology up 2.23. Energy shares up 2%. Financials also getting a bounce in our 0.47%. There's very little in the red. But on the downside, we do have telecommunication services. You did mention telecom. That's mm. probably all of that. Down 1.35%. And utilities down 3.34%. But turning out to be a good Wednesday, three days in a row. And we are now up year to date for the all share. Very good indeed. Nick will be back with me on Thursday evening with David Shapiro for the five o'clock shadow. I'll be speaking to Scott Glow later on and tomorrow morning for the five o'clock shadow in the opening respectively. Nick Kunzer is from Sandland Private Wealth. That was the opening. Nick, see you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.